I am Christy. And I'm Leighton. And together we are a new podcast on whiskey tasting called Married, Married Mash. Mash. Where we discuss life, family, and pretty much anything. Yep. And Leighton brings a new whiskey for me to try. Will we clink it? Or will we sink it? Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And remember, always drink responsibly. Indeed. Uh, so the reason why the Ninja Turtles fight the Foot Clan is because there was like an underground society in a Daredevil series called The Hand. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like under it was like a underground cabal of ninjas like the Foot Clan. Yeah, and then um you know, um uh, Ninja Turtles has Splinter and then Daredevil has the old blind guy, uh Stick or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel like most comics are just a an, an altered copy of another comic. It seems I mean for a lot, a lot of reasons, but you know, Ninja Turtles on its own is really good. I mean, still making movies. I don't know if they're any good. I haven't seen them, but Michael Bay, the Michael Bay movies. <clears throat> I must, uh, I must have, must have gotten disconnected. We got you back there. Uh, but I was gonna say, so uh, 1917. 197. Yeah, when we t- so we talked on the phone last week, and I, you had not seen 1917. I had not seen Parasite, and since then, you've watched 1917. I've watched Parasite, but we can talk about 1917. Actually, you know what? Before before that, I watched Rise of Skywalker the other night, and I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I don't know why this keeps kicking me out. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I think this is <laughs> fucking starting to make me angry. <laughs> I think they heard the pool, the the vibrator talk. They, they're not, they're, they're like, like, we don't this. need this. Uh, yeah. It this. says, no defamatory, harassing, or obscene racist content is prohibited. So then we just have to sit here in silence because... I don't know if I can do any of that, but right. <clears throat> no, I watched. You know, I watched Rise of Skywalker on Monday night. Yeah, it's one of the most ridiculous movies I've ever seen. It really is. Oh, I, I, I know. I uh, it, like it almost. Part of me thought to myself that it almost kind of felt like. Uh, it it, it kind of felt like a video game where it was like we need to find the thing to find the other things so that we can find this person and it's like like you're really like going all over the place with this plot like yeah and you know as i was watching it and i was i was tweeting along with it because it was just a lot of it in there was just so so absurd and after I watched it, though, I thought, you know what? It, if this was like a standalone action adventure movie, it wouldn't be that bad. I mean, honestly, you know, it's like an action kind of space movie. Yeah, but but being a Star Wars movie, you know, there's just so much about it. I mean, this whole, I mean, these three movies, these previous three movies are all unnecessary, obviously. I mean, they just want to make more money, make more movies. But in this movie, especially, you have the whole J.J. Abrams. Let's just invent shit because, like, let's invent like hyper skipping where the where the Millennium Falcon's like jumping from planet to planet, which has never happened in the history of Star Wars ever. And yeah, you know, just a bunch of wackiness. It's just I don't know. It's just goofy. Well, 
I really think the biggest the biggest problem with that with the whole with the trilogy as a whole was that it would have been I'm not saying it would have been awesome Mm-hmm. But it would have been like I think it would have been like a pretty decent, like a pretty decently good science fiction series if they would have just let J.J. Abrams direct all three movies and write the scripts for all three movies. Yeah, the whole thing of like trying to get like three different directors to write and direct three different movies. And each have their own vision for all three movies. It's like, that's not going to work because it's going to be all over the place. And that's exactly what happened was the story was all over the place and they couldn't come to a consensus on like, it's like, okay, like what's the narrative through line for like, you know, like what, what's the motivations of these characters and like, what's the, you know, cause at the end of, the force awakens you're like all right this is pretty cool like it leaves a lot like there's a lot hanging in the you know like there, there's a lot hanging that makes people want to go see the second movie mm-hmm. because yeah. it's like uh uh because like there's all these like interesting character developments and you're like oh who's this Ray character, like, is she, how is she connected to Luke Skywalker in any way? And like, who's Snoke? Like, what's Snoke all about? You know, like, and, and you just kind of think to yourself, like, uh, it's, there's really like a, like, uh, there's a lot that you could expand with these characters. And then The Last Jedi, just kind of throws it all out the window and you're like, all right, well, at the end of The Last Jedi, it felt like the end of a trilogy. Like, it felt like the end of the story. It like, felt you felt like the story was over. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I agree because the problem is you get you get these, you know, you get these movies that are written and directed by different people. So, so they look different. They feel different. The tone is different. They have these weird scenes. Like, The Last Jedi was such a mess. And they had just these, these like, the, you know, Last Jedi. You remember they had that scene where they go to the casino planet? And Yeah. That felt like something straight out of a prequel. <laughs> like, it, it, like with all the stupid, like, oh, like, like, that, like that alien thinking that, that BB-8 was a slot machine or something. Like... Oh God! With, with the space that made me the, roll my eyes. The, the space camels and the little fucking stable kids and shit. Yeah, the space camels and <laughs> and shooting coin and like shooting coins like like projectiles. <laughs> God, it's so stupid. The thing is though is that that whole sequence was like twenty minutes, but you could take that that whole chunk out of the movie and it would have any it would have like zero bearing on the movie whatsoever because. It's like they had a scene, and they and they said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if they went to this place? Let's just have them go do it." Because whatever they went to do, yeah. I think they went to find Justin Thoreau or something. And I don't remember his name in the movie because I don't care. But they they went they went to the they went to the the casino planet to try to find the collector uh, or somebody like that or the collector, yeah. and then the collector didn't even turn out to be real but then they found uh they found benicio del toro instead and he was like well i'm not the collector but i can do exactly what the collector does or whatever the hell his name was you know and then oh like everything about that i i like i remember first going to see that movie we're we're not talking about the rise of skywalker anymore like we're just talking about star wars and how much it sucks now and so like (laughs) <laughs> but like yeah uh like i remember coming out of the last jedi and being like why did they like there was like three different times in that movie where the plot like it pulls like a like i i said the whole last jedi was it was like just kidding like leia gets like she flies out of that spaceship and dies and 
And then it's like, nope, just kidding. That actually didn't happen. And then it was like, that was the well, she flew through the air like Peter second. Pan. <laughs> Look, I was I was watching. <laughs> I was watching that at home because I didn't I didn't want to go pay theater money to see this fucking bullshit. And she's out there in space, and of course it's like a CGI Carrie Fisher. And yeah, and it ra- looks awful. It looks she, terrible. Yeah, and then she raises her arm. She's like, and I'm like, come on, man. Come yeah. On. Are you serious? That's. That, I think that was the first. That was the first time ever in the history of Star Wars that it showed. Someone in outer space, like that was just out in outer space. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like man. that was that wasn't like in a spaceship, you know. And so it yeah. was very jarring. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, oh my god, like Princess Leia is dead. And then they're like, oh, just kidding. And then the movie just keeps going like nothing ever happened. And you're like, what the fuck? And and then they do that again with they do that again with. Uh, the Benicio del, the, 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 like, the Rose, the Rose and Finn storyline, where you're like, you could have taken this entire story out of the movie, and it wouldn't have made any difference to the plot of the movie. (coughs) Yeah. (coughs) And then, and then they do it again when, uh, when Kylo Ren kills Snoke. And you're like, why did they, like, why, why did they make, why, why did they make you think that Kylo Ren was going to all of a sudden become a good guy <laughs> and only to just like turn around and be like, nope, he's still the bad guy. That's what I said. And like, it's like, you can't fuck with the You can't fuck with the, with the audience's emotions like that. No, only if you're like human centipede or something. Can you pull that kind of stuff? Yeah. But when rise of Skywalker, that opening scene, when <clears throat> Kylo was fighting those Killing those alien things in the in the woods, and he goes to the emperor, and the emperor, you know, Palpatine's like, no, and so yeah, and so Kylo goes from (laughs) (laughs) something, something, and then so Kylo goes from wanting to kill this dude, and the emperor's like, you must kill her, and he and he's like, okay, and I tweeted, Kylo Ren has had more heel turns in the big show because. This dude, yeah. This dude, this dude. I mean, he just flipped, and I. It's it's just so weird, and and the, the, what talking about that scene, the last Jedi where they go to the casino planet. You know, remember the end of the movie? They had this stable boy use the force and grab the broom at the very end. Yeah, I think they wanted to have that in there, and so they had that whole casino planet scene just to introduce. These like poor little stable kids, just so they can have a little kiss your sister moment at the end, where the little shit grabs the broom. Because here's the thing, because they another thing with these movies, and we and we were talking about like Star Trek, how Star Trek. Those kids are little shits. (laughs) (laughs) They're space camels. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get kicked off again for saying swear words. You can't swear. I'm gonna get. uh, (laughs) I get. I don't think you can swear on these apps. Let's let's try pussy fart. Boner. Are you on a phone or are you on your laptop? I'm actually using. Uh, I have an. I use an iPad and I have a USB adapter. Okay. And I have a uh, a microphone hooked up to it and my headphones. But, okay. Well, how's it sound? Does it sound pretty good? Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. I actually am buying a laptop in like a week or two. But anyway. You know, they just invent this kind of stuff just to say, okay, you know, we want this to happen, so we're just going to make it happen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That, it doesn't matter that you have six other fucking movies <laughs> that where, where never the, happened the continuity, before. like the continuity in between the three different movies, is completely like jacked up. <laughs> like in almost every way, like it's yeah. the most, like, <clears throat> like the, everyone says how Star Wars is, uh, like it, like, like the, like this, the original Star Wars trilogy did something that no other movie was able to do, and it, it like created an entire universe of like video yeah. games and comic books and books and 
you know, like, like all sorts of stuff, RPGs. There's like an entire universe of stuff, mm-hmm. but none of it, like, none of it's like connected mm-hmm. in any way. It's all just like, oh, this, like, this happens in the Star Wars universe because, because there's like a lightsaber in it, you know, like, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's like when, uh, Batman vs. Superman was going to come out, which is also another shitty movie. And Zack Snyder, they were at Comic-Con or something, and somebody, one of those, like, you know, one of the, one of the people in the crowd stand up and ask him questions, and they asked him about um, The Dark Knight Returns, you know, the, the comic that everybody loves, the Batman comic from the mid-'80s. And yeah. And and they said, is this going to be like an adapt like an adaptation of that? And he says, no, you know the, you know, the there's a bunch of millions of great stories for Batman, but uh, this is something we came up with on our own. This is our own story, and so they they took bits and pieces of what they wanted, but kind of made up some other shit. And it doesn't make any sense because like with something like that, you have like 80 years of Batman comic books to to use stories from. Why do you need to make your own story? It doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. And with with the Star Wars stuff, I mean, like I said, these three movies were unnecessary, although The Force Awakens is not a bad, is not really not that bad, I didn't think. No, The Force Awakens is actually, like, pretty decent, Mm -hmm. even though it's just basically a new hope, you know? Yeah. I mean, pretty much, but, you know, to me, I mean, Rogue One proved that. You, you know, you can make a good movie in the Star Wars universe. And even Solo was good. And Solo kind of got the hose because they had those two guys, uh, Lord Miller, who were directing it, and they dropped out because, like, uh, who is it, Kathleen Kennedy? She's, like, the big Star Wars yeah. producer. And, and and that's the problem is that they, you know, if they get a visionary director or an altruistic director, they're going to be made to do the a certain formula. It's just not going to work out. It's going to be kind of a half-in, half-out kind of deal. Yeah, I like well, and that's that's always been my big gripe about J.J. Abrams is that he's not really like a visionary. He's like more of like like J.J. Abrams is more like he's not really an artist. He's more of like he's like a construction worker. Like he's a contractor. He's a master. He's he's a master of the lens flare. Yeah, he 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 he's not like a visionary director. Even though, you know, like, like he just, like, he makes these movies, like, he, he makes competent movies, but, he, and he, like, he fancies himself a writer, and he can't write for shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, whenever he writes his own scripts, they're always, they're always, like, The Last, or, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. But <laughs> also, too, like, that's another thing, is that, you know, like, they do this, like, Marvel was able to, they're able to hire these directors like James Gunn who have a vision, and then they kind of let them just do their thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, with with Star Wars, it's it's kind of like, why did you hire Ryan Johnson, who's like mm-hmm. an auteur filmmaker, to make your Star Wars movies when all you're going to do is just gum it up with a bunch of studio notes? True, and I mean Ryan Johnson caught a lot of heat for the Last Jedi, right? And then he makes Knives Out, and everybody—I haven't seen it, but it's—I mean, everybody seems to 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 speak. Have you have you seen that Knives Out? No, I uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. That's on my list, though. Yeah, or, I was gonna say we gotta put that on our list to watch and talk about. It's like a it's like a who done it. It's yeah. kind of like a like almost kind of like the Hateful Eight or something. Yeah, and people are raving about it, and and. He also did Looper, which was not a bad movie. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't like groundbreaking, but it wasn't terrible. But, you know, the issue is, like, you know, Gareth Edwards did Rogue One. And Gareth Edwards did a movie called Monsters um, before that. And then before that, he did a bunch of, like, independent movies. And, and that's the problem with some of these guys is that they get, you know, they get a little bit of recognition for their independent stuff. And then they get tapped for, like, a big studio movie like this. And then they have, yeah. And then they deal with all the studio crap, and the movie doesn't do very well. And then their name kind of gets, kind of gets, <clears throat> getting muddied up. Like the guy that did the Fantastic Four movie, um, 
what was that guy's name? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember those movies at all. I, those were, those were like those were like those were Sony movies, right? Those weren't like no. Marvel proper movies. No, the most there was a Fantastic Four movie a couple just a couple years ago that was absolutely oh terrible. yeah that terrible really really bad one yeah. yeah and he kind of the same deal he he had this this vision for the movie and the studio um was like no. You know, you're going to do this, do that. And it ended up tanking pretty bad. And he tweeted uh, something like, hey, I created a really awesome movie. Too bad no one got to see it. Because <laughs> he actually was going to do, I think it was Josh Trank or something like that. Josh Trank. Yeah, Josh Trank. Yeah. And, and he see, was like, uh, like apparently he like notorious, he was like notorious for being like a real prick to the actors on set. Yeah, I think so. And, and the problem is, is that when he got hit up for this Fantastic Four movie, because he's kind of one of those guys that came up. Um, he did a movie Chronicle in 2012. Was like the teenage kind of the kids with the with the superpowers and that kind of stuff. I think. And so then he gets hit yeah. Up, then he gets hit up for this and uh, for this movie for the Fantastic Four. And of course, it just goes downhill because I think he probably is kind of a dick. Uh, is what kind of he seems to be, but he was he was also linked to. Uh, I was looking this up. So 2015 was when the Fantastic Four debacle um, happened, and some people actually supported Trank. He also <clears throat> was going to do a Star Wars film, but after the Fantastic Four stuff, that didn't happen. I got. But he's doing that Capone movie with uh, Tom Hardy. That's coming up that okay. apparently. So we'll see what happens there. <clears throat> but I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, you know, I like. Did you see Thor Ragnarok? No. Did you watch that? That's actually a uh, pretty good movie. It's um, Taiki Waititi uh, directed that. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's gonna be directing another Star Wars movie. I saw. See, and here's the thing. He's another guy. You know, he did he did uh, Jojo Rabbit recently, where. He, <laughs> Where it's like, I haven't seen yep. it. But the Hitler movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, here's another guy who's a visionary director. He is a visionary, visionary director. And he has a certain style. And obviously he, you know, it's like he does like dark comedy kind of, um, you know, super creative. I mean, Thor Ragnarok is a total different movie than the, the other the, the other two Thor movies I thought were just boring as hell. This one is totally different. It's like a buddy comedy almost between Thor and Hulk. And then there's some cool action sequences, stuff like that. So I'd be interested to see what, what he does with a star Wars movie. But the problem is with star Wars is if, if you're going to have like lightsabers and stuff, you, you gotta, you have to develop characters. People care about, you know, and yeah, it's, it's hard to do outside of, uh, like Jedi people that people already know. I mean, like the Clone Wars animated series is super, super popular, and people really love that. Um, but it's just that, you know, you, they don't have any real direction to go. Uh, the Mandalorian is really good. I don't know if you've seen that, but... Mandalorian? Yeah, have you watched that? Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. See, <clears throat> the cool thing about the Mandalorian is it, it gets back to the simple... Star Wars stuff, you know, because Star Wars initially was very simple, right? I mean, George Lucas wrote a family drama, a soap opera that happens to take place in space, but it's a very simple story. And the Mandalorian's like that. It's like a, the Mandalorian's almost like an episodic western, you know? Yeah, it's like, uh, like it, it was like a spaghetti western. That was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the like the very first episode I remember watching it and I was like this is like uh like the music is what gives it away that yeah. you're like oh this is absolutely a spaghetti western yeah and, and and I loved it I thought it was great I thought it was a I thought it was like a breath of fresh air because you know obviously they do a little bit of I don't think they they never say the word Jedi do the whole thing it's like this like forgotten thing which is kind of how it was in the original trilogy. Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course they have Baby Yoda 
But even then, they don't beat you over the head about it because he has his kid, but he still he has a little baby Yuri kid, but he still goes on and and like every episode is like a different place, a different adventure, which I thought was really cool. I was like, hey, this is neat, you know. But the this yeah this recent Star Wars trilogy. And then and then Bill Burr shows up in it, and Bill Burr is just doing his Bill Burr. <laughs> he's got, yeah, he's got, he's oh, like, Bill, Bill Burr lived. Ah, hey, you fucking died. <laughs> fucking Bill Burr. Bill Burr, is in the, Bill, Bill Burr is in a prison full of aliens. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I have like 20 guns. He's still going to yeah. I guess there's a Boston in Star Wars, too, because he's fucking from there. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> no, didn't know that people, people, people from different universes are... Big Red Sox fans. <laughs> I like it. I like. I like how he just sounds exact same. It was like yeah, no. like they they were like don't like that. That was whoever directed that episode was just like I'm a big fan of Bill Burr. Let's ask him if he wants to be in this episode. And they're like, and he's just like, yeah, sir. You want me to? What do you want me to do? You want me to like talk like an alien, like like gooba gooba? And he's like, no, just do your thing. <laughs> yeah, no, just be Bill Burr. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was very good, and you know, I think it I think it just highlights these these three movies that they focus on the wrong stuff. They beat you over the head with the Jedi shit. They beat you over the head with the lightsabers. They beat you over the head with the explosions and with, and with the things. Force and everything. And yeah, yeah, and and you know, that never was the focus of Star Wars. The focus of Star Wars was a, a, a dude and uh, his his daughter and his son, and you know, it was a family soap opera drama, and George Lucas was a giant nerd, so he threw in a bunch of other shit, like you know, from yeah, like, from like Kurosawa movies and Flash Gordon serials and westerns and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Also, I want to say how ridiculous how ridiculous it was for Ghost Luke to raise the X wing out of the water oh. uh, in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, I actually said we we like we completely didn't even talk about the rise of Skywalker. We just talked about how much we hate Star Wars. <laughs> what can you say? What can you say? Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing you can say that hasn't already been said about no. the new trilogy and how it's just kind of it's just bad. Yeah. Like it's just it's like I I, I like I mean there are I, I will say there was actually some. I guess, like, talking about the rise of Skywalker now, like, all this, there was, like, some really awesome uh, parts in, in, it was, like, a really well-shot movie. Mm -hmm. Like, all the stuff, like, on the planet where the Emperor was, I was like, oh, this is badass, because it looked like, it looked super evil, and he, he was, like, hanging from that thing with, with like the wires coming out of them and stuff, and I was like, yeah. "That's awesome." I was like, "This this looks visually interesting." Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it, and I, I tweeted about this when they, you know, they wiped three PO's memory. He sacrificed his memory to read the Sith language on the dagger, and then at the end of the movie, they just yeah. they just restore his memory. And I'm like, "Why would you do that?" I mean, you're just completely like negating his sacrifice. But that's kind of what they've done in these movies with the fake deaths and, uh, you know, they just they give it they, they give you something that you actually hold on to. Then they just take it back, you know. And, yeah, they and did that with they did that with Leia in mm -hmm. The Last Jedi and they did that with Chewie in in, uh, in Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And they do all and it's like you can't you, you can't like. You can't screw with the with the audience's emotions like that. Well, I mean, it's just dumb. It's just dumb to to do something that actually has meaning and then just take it back because then you feel kind of stupid. Like a, a, as an audience, you feel yeah. dumb because you're like, oh, okay. And because and then at the end, the that rise of Skywalker, they just go down a checklist. So like, well, Chewie never got a medal. Let's give him a medal. Uh, yeah, let's, let's well, and it you. makes you feel like there's no stakes. No, you know, you, it, it makes you feel like everything that you're like, well, what's the point? Like, like, what's the point of caring about these characters if they're just gonna, yeah, like kill them off and then, yeah, yeah. I mean, all these people dying in that uh, in the big starship fight, and then Lando shows up with all these like millions of ships. And it's like, where were these people two movies ago? 
when, when all these people have been dying, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And, that, and Lando, and, 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 and Billy D. Williams is all old and fat, he old. so he basically he sits down through the whole fuck, like through, through every scene he's in, he's just sitting there. I love, I love Billy D. Williams. He's just like, he just slides in. He's like, eh, well, we'll see. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm a, hey, hey, remember me? I'm Lando. You belong with me among the clouds. He's got like his felt, <laughs> his felt blue sweater on. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, they really, they, they did rely on nostalgia quite a bit. I mean, you know, then they showed Ewoks for like five seconds. And I'm like, well, come on. Yeah. What? Come on. I mean, yeah, it's just weird. I I, that, I tweeted out. I was like, "Hey, I'd, I'd like to see a, a a Chewy Lando movie, like old old Billy Williams and Chewy just fucking having adventures for two hours." I'd watch yeah, that. I'd fucking watch that. I, I think Chewy I, Chewy's the best character. I, I think they should just do make more Star Wars movies with all new characters and just stop referencing the original trilogy. Yeah, I mean, other know, than other other than like obviously, like obviously, you live in the world of Star Wars, so you got to have Jedi's and you got to have lightsabers and all that. But just do like new stories. Like, why does the fan service is nice, but it's like, but when you pile it on like that, then you're just kind of like, all right, this is dumb, you know? Yeah. Like, you want to you want something new. Yeah, and also, I mean, the the, the Star Wars story, which was the you know, the original trilogy plus the prequels, because George Lucas wrote all that originally, was the fact that all the Jedis had been killed, and Luke Skywalker is the last one. But then it's like, oh, no. No. Here comes Rey. And then, you know, Finn is like a lightsaber master in Force Awakens. He's swinging it around. And then in Rise of Skywalker, I'll say this, and then we'll actually talk about a good movie, but... When they showed the the this Luke and Leia train like Luke training Leia with the helmets on, do you remember that? And then yeah, and then they open their helmets and it's like the CGI de-aged Mark Hamill and Princess Leia and and oh yeah, it just looks yeah. so bad. That, that actually, so bad. I, I didn't think it was too terrible. No, I didn't think it. I really didn't think that that CGI was was too terrible. It just—I mean, I thought um, it, I thought it was better looking than Leia in uh, in Rogue, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. That was a, see, here's the thing with the in Rogue One when they did that, what they should have done, because I love that scene at the end with Vader. I thought that was awesome, and because the thing is, in, in the in the you know in A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, I mean, you see a lot of Vader, but you don't see him. The way he's portrayed in the comics or in the novels, he's like this. He's like the he's like the intergalactic boogeyman, and he can like catch ships in the air and crush them and shit like that. So having him like wipe that hallway out and kill people, I thought was fucking awesome. And what they should have done when they cut to that scene of the door opening and and she's kneel- and you just see someone who looks like Leia kneeling down. Yeah, that's they should have ended it right there. They should not have shown her de-aged face. Because we know who yeah. that is. Because we know who that is. So there's no need to show her fucking animated face. Just see her bending down and putting the file into R2-D2, and bam. Game over. Movie over. That's what they should have done. But they can't help themselves sometimes. They're just so gratuitous. But Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that. We'll see what happens <laughs> moving forward with the old Star Wars there. I, I, I... I, I I, I I honestly don't really care what happens with Star Wars. I I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for the new season of Mandalorian, oh, but something yeah, yeah, just yeah. tells me that Disney's just gonna ruin that show too. So Disney's just cranking them out, man. I mean, the Mandalorian is good. I mean, John Favreau has really you wouldn't think it, man. He's really done a good job with these movies, and and maybe maybe John Favreau should be the new like he should take over for Kathleen Kennedy. Maybe, I mean he's you know he did a well he's more like well Disney I mean he you know he did Lion King, he did Jungle Book, of course he did uh, what Iron Man one and two, Iron Man three was Shane Black you know Lethal Weapon, Shane Black, yep. Predator, Shane Predator, Black. 
and that's why it was so good. That's why that's why these uh, nerdy people hated it, but smart people like us liked it because Shane Black did it. Because they don't know who Shane Black is. Exactly. He's the guy, the guy from Predator that's like, you know, I told my wife I'd like a little pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and he also wrote uh, Lethal Weapon. People don't even know that. But um, Die Hard. Did he write Die Hard? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think. No. 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 John McTiernan, the John guy McTiernan. who directed Predator, uh, he directed. Die Hard. That's yeah, why I was getting yeah. I was getting confused with that. That's, yeah. That's a John McTiernan joint, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, no, but uh he yeah, Iron Man three is really good. People were like, oh, I saw Iron Man three in IMAX, believe it or not. And I and I loved every second of it. Because you know the um the cool thing about Iron Man three is that it actually showed Tony Stark like being like uh, resourceful. And like making shit, and it's like that's why I like these bat. And we're not gonna get off on a tangent on that right now, but like the Batman movies never show Batman being a detective, even though he's the world's greatest detective. Yeah, so, you know, maybe the next one will, but yeah. Um, so we'll move on to a good movie. Yeah, nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. Tell me, tell me how much you loved this movie. Man, I. uh I really enjoyed it a lot. I wasn't really sure um, what to think yeah. about it. Like, I mean, I knew mm. that, uh, I, like, I obviously I knew, like, the whole basic premise of the movie, and it's like saying it's just two guys that are given a mission to go like across enemy lines and deliver a message. And then you think to yourself like, okay, but like that's, that's pretty simple. And that's literally the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Like the whole movie is just two guys just trying to make it to deliver this message. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it wastes no time getting the plot started. It's like, like from the very first, jump the movie just goes and it goes and it doesn't really ever let up i mean obviously there's lulls but uh for the most part i mean it's 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 it pretty much just it, it it's a it's a co it's it's pretty fluid i mean i but i i loved it i thought it was great yeah i it was one of those movies that came out, and I remember seeing it. And obviously, Sam Mendes, American Beauty, Road to Perdition, Jarhead, yeah. uh, Skyfall Inspector. Jarhead, Jar, Jar, Jarhead, one of my, probably one of my top five favorite movies of all time. I tell people, if people people ask ever ask, like, what's a deployment like? I say, go watch Jarhead. Yeah, because that's what I say, too. That is one of the most accurate fucking depictions. I know it was based on that guy's book, but I mean, it was one of the most accurate <laughs> depictions of being deployed and dealing with stupid shit. Yeah, uh, but 1917, I, I got to watch. You watched it with your new uh, headphones on, or no? Yeah. Yep. You see that or no? It's a very Milwaukee. You want that or no? Or no? Oh yeah, oh yeah, or no? You want some hot ham and rolls or no? <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I watched it with headphones, and my wife was doing some work on her laptop, so I <clears throat> I put on my head my over the ear headphones, and I poured myself a Jameson, and I had all the lights off, and I sat and watched it, and I thought this is this is like a this is what a fucking movie is like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's so well done. And you know, they did a lot of, he, that first scene is like a 20 some minute cut. Like the, it's like straight through. They did a straight, like a 20 minute, these long cuts, you know. And the, the great thing about this movie, I think, is that, it, it, you know, World War One, obviously, there's a lot of war movies that try to cover the entire war and show like different sides and, and like, these like kind of, like a very top down kind of approach. But, yeah. But, but he takes a very small, small, tiny piece that involves these two guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, and that's all you need to because the thing is, is that 
it, like people know what World War One was, yeah. you know, and it's like you could just kind of set it in this world, yeah, and and you know you kind of get you know you're you're just like okay this is what this is where we're at, yeah. you know, like you don't need any kind of explanation, you don't need to know like like where the like in the overall scheme of like where the like how the war's going or anything like that you just need to know that like the, the war's going on and these and these are like bo- the boots on the ground mm-hmm. uh soldiers like fighting in the war and that's all you need to know yeah i mean i loved the when they're walking through the trench in the you know in, the, in that opening scene and they're just walking you hear all the little uh secondary conversations between the troops you know, yeah, and yeah, you hear, and you hear the gear rattling, you know, and everything. I'm like, man, what a fucking movie! Because this movie really has kind of a when when I wa- I was watching, it, I'm like, this kind of has almost like like an independent feel to it, you know, where because they don't show the big huge battles and stuff like that. And then probably the most probably the biggest expense for this movie is is the when the German plane crashes. That's probably the biggest. Uh, you know, I the probably the biggest scene as far as cost, I would assume. Um, either either that or just getting all at the end when uh, when all the, I mean the amount of actors that were used in the movie, I think yeah. were probably you know like there was like hundreds of guys in that final scene. There were a bunch, yeah, but in a cover batch, probably cost more than all of them put together. Yeah, probably. And uh, and he's only in the movie. Like they marketed the movie, and he's like like the face of the movie. He's in, only in the movie for like three or four minutes. And the guys, um, you know, the guy that the one of the guys, the guy that dies, his older brother is a lieutenant or captain, whoever. He is. Yeah. And that guy was. Oh, spo- spoiler! Spoiler alert! If anyone's listening, that fuck, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no. uh... That guy was in yeah. The the main character dies like twenty minutes into the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Drew Barrymore and Scream, but uh, the, that guy. Both of those were in Game of Thrones actually, which I think is kind of funny, which is ironic. The kid that dies was in Game of Thrones, and then his older brother was uh, Rob Stark in Game of Thrones, which I thought was cool. And obviously, because. I think it's cool too. That oh, that's Rob Stark. I didn't even yeah. recognize him because he didn't have uh, long hair. Yeah, he didn't have long hair and he wasn't missing his head, so I didn't recognize him. But he uh, is at the end. I mean, they're both at the end. Him and Benedict Cumberbatch, which I, which I think is great. I think that's awesome. And but this movie is so it's just so good in the fact that you know it's filmed you know out actually on location. Uh, it's, you know, it's real grass, it's real trees, all this kind of stuff. And the way, and that man, tell me that first part when they're going through like no man's land. Oh, that's the best part of the movie. And the dead horse and the battling like, man and the guy, you know, bent over the wire and then they go in that bunker when the yeah. thing explodes. Holy shit. And that, that, that yeah, that and that they're like, yeah, they're like, you see the two dead horses and then you see like the first dead horse and then you like, and then they walk a little bit further, and you see the second dead horse, and like, yeah, and like it's all like, and it's all like rotted, and it's like half a skeleton because yeah. it's been sitting there rotting for so long. Yeah, and he's like, uh, take a you know turn at the at the bowing man, and then you see the guy bent over the wire, the dead guy. You know? Yeah, and it's like, man, what a fucking deal. I mean, but it was just it was just such a fucking good movie, man. It and it, yeah, it actually, it actually is one of those movies. That I really wish I'd have seen it in a theater, you know. Because yeah, I feel like that's a good movie for a theater. Uh, I'm happy that I got to see. I'm happy that I watched it, and and you know, it's one that I'll definitely cycle back through and watch again when I get a hankering for it. But it's just a just a solid, just a really good movie. And and the part and hmm? there there was actually like uh something that I wanted to bring up with that that yeah. I I thought was really interesting like it was a interesting artistic choice mm-hmm. from the uh from the standpoint of uh like how it was filmed so it was all filmed in like one fluid shot 
Yeah. Like, or it was like, or it was supposed to look like it was one fluid shot. Obviously, there are parts where you could tell that it was cut, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, I, like, it seemed to me like each sequence, like the movie seemed like, even though it was, it all takes place in one shot, it also seems like, each like there's certain parts of the movie that are like the sequence it's like there's the part where he gets like they get the orders and then they're walking through the trenches on the way to like go up through the trenches and then you like okay here here's a here's a perfect example of like how the movie kind of is like broken into sequences where it almost kind of feel like it, it's a little it it was a little distracting to me. So, you know the part where, um, like right after his friend dies, mm-hmm. and he gets on the tr- and he gets on the truck. Yeah. And he's on the truck, and he's talking to those guys on the truck, and then they're like, "All right, well, it looks like the bridge is out. We're gonna have to find another way." Mm-hmm. And it's like a big long line of trucks. Mm-hmm. with like all these soldiers in them <clears throat> and then he's like okay well i can't stay in the truck he's like i gotta find another way around he's like i'm just gonna walk the rest of the way and the guy's like good luck mm-hmm. and then he says and then he's like all right thanks and then he starts walking towards that bridge and he tries crossing over that busted bridge oh yeah mm-hmm. and then and then the german sniper starts shooting at him and i thought it was really weird that it was like wasn't there like four or five trucks of soldiers like just like 20 feet away from him and then all of a sudden this German sniper starts shooting at him but he's all of a sudden on his own when there's like trucks and trucks of people like right behind him I was like that's why it it almost kind of like you know when when you're uh like I kind of described it as thinking to myself like uh you know when you're when you're like in the when you're sleeping and you're having a dream mm-hmm. and then and like something in the dream changes and then you're in like a completely different scenario regardless of like what had happened before that? Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like to me where it almost kind of felt like the whole movie was like one big long dream sequence almost. Now I'm not saying that like the whole movie was a dream, but mm-hmm. the way it was filmed kind of mm-hmm. like felt that way. I, I agree with that because I was thinking about this. The that part there, like the tone, of, like like the tone changes, right? When he's on the bridge trying to get across, and then when he gets into the town and it's dark, and him and that German soldier are like stalking each other. You yeah, know? and then he's in the 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 room with the girl and the baby. It's like a yeah. whole, It's like a totally different. It feels like a totally different movie at that point. It, feels it does because it's it's real. Like the whole movie is like lit like crazy, and that's uh, oh, Roger Deakins. Like Roger Deakins, the like award winning cinematographer. It's like probably like some of his best work he's ever done. Yeah, and. Uh, it it it's just like that that whole like that whole scene with like in the burning city just seems like so surreal like it seems like something out of the bible almost like just because yeah. it's so like it's so surreal and fucking like crazy looking the way that it's shot you know what's weird you know what i especially that part when he when he gets to that city and it's burning, and it's, and it's at night, and he's been and like you know he sees that German guy and he hides in the in the house and he's out there running from like pillar to pillar. Yeah, it kind of made me kind of think about Apocalypse Now a little bit. You know? Oh how, sure. How yeah, it's yeah. like a, how there's different sequences in Apocalypse Now and it feels very the tone changes and the setting changes and the lighting changes like drastically uh, depending yeah. on what's going on. And yes, yes. It, and and going back to that truck scene, you know, I, I think it was really I, I think that was important because he's he's on his own thing and these other guys are obviously going somewhere else. 
and and he's like so desperate to he's like so desperate to get to to get moving and these other guys were like you know what's your fucking hurry mate you know we're just you all going to the same fucking awful place and he's like no no no, no. yeah and 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 I mean that I think that was great but yeah the when he steps because it it's, it feels like when he's when he gets on that bridge that they you would think they would still be kind of and this is probably nitpicky for us both but you think they would have heard him getting shot at you know, that's or, what I mean or maybe not yeah, that's, you know I don't know if they turned around and went back the other direction I mean obviously that would take some time you know or or what they did. Uh, but obviously, you know, there needed to be a point there where he was on his own again, and you know. So but it, but it ha- it happens like almost um, like like seconds after he walks away from mm-hmm. shaking that like colonel's hand or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But an inter- an interesting part about that, um, an interesting connection I made with that movie was like uh, with or with that with that scene was uh when he's like hey when you give the colonel these uh this letter he's like make sh- when you t- give him the message to call off the attack make sure there's other people present because oh, yeah. some people just want the fight yes. and then that's like and then at the end with Benedict Cumberbatch if you watch that scene like you get the feeling that if those other people weren't in the room when he gave him that message, he would have been like, fuck you, we're going on with the attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he would have been. Yeah, definitely. I, I picked up on that, too, because I was like, man, <clears throat> you know, I was like, hmm, there's going to be a problem there when he gets to the to the end. And I mean, the movie is the movie is fucking brilliant. And I don't know. I know it was up for it wasn't the best picture mix. With Joker and with uh, Parasite and some, I don't remember what else was in was in there, but the Lighthouse. Oh, the Lighthouse. Yeah, I gotta see. That's an, that's. I gotta that's, watch that's that. another one you should you should check out. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna, another one you should check out. I, I'm gonna watch that too. I got that on my list. I haven't watched it yet. I'll probably watch it this weekend actually, because I did watch Parasite too, but um, but I mean. It, it's just such a it's a and when and when uh and when the kid dies when that pilot stabs him yeah it's such a it's such a such a moment i mean i I was thinking back to uh saving private ryan when mellish gets stabbed by the german guy yeah and he's like he's like no 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 you know and the guy just stabbed him real slowly and that was like one of those moments in a movie where you just you're like i mean it just gets you you know and I felt that with this. Yeah. I felt that with this, with this, and, and the whole way that they handle his death, this kid's death. I think it was Blake was his name, but uh, the way they handled that, handled that, I thought was great because they they rescued this guy from his burning plane and he still stabbed him. Was, but you know, it's just it's just kind of a, it's just kind of one one of those deals. And I, and I thought, and I was surprised. I was like, man, I can't believe this kid's gonna die. You know, uh, at this at this moment in the movie. Because they're trying to get to his brother, and the kid that died had been in Game of Thrones. So as far as like an actor is concerned, uh, he's probably more well known than the other guy. Because I'd never seen that other guy in anything before. I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a, it, it is it is an awesome movie. It's one of those movies that, like I said, it, it's a it's a it's a real legit movie, and you don't see those. Yeah, a lot. I don't they don't that. make them like that anymore. No, I mean, like it, it's 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 de- it's yeah. I I was like watching it, and I was about halfway through the movie, and I thought I am absolutely gonna buy this on Blu-ray. Yeah, me too. Like, I I don't usually I like um, like nowadays a movie really has to blow my hair back for me to like for me to put them like put like to put it on Blu-ray. Yeah. To buy it on Blu-ray, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm totally gonna buy this on Blu-ray." No, I agree because I rented it and um and watched it. I'm like, I'm fucking owning this movie, and I'm going to throw this in and watch this whenever I want because the the last movie I saw in the theater was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and yeah, 
And I'm glad I saw that in the theater because it's such a good movie. And Tarantino makes very theater friendly movies, but I hadn't been to the theater since. But this is one of the, this is a movie that I really, really was like, I really would like to have seen this in, in a theater. Uh, yeah. Because it just. You might never get a chance to see another movie ever in a theater again. So you're kind of like. Good. Take it for granted. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know. You heard about that Universal thing where they were talking about doing more like uh, at-home theater releases, and then now the movie theater companies are getting all butthurt about it. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. But you know, the thing is, I was like, for Universal, like for a movie like Trolls World Tour, which obviously is a kids' movie. I mean, my I mean, my kid will be three in August. We don't feel like she's old enough to go sit two hours in a movie theater. So if a movie comes out and we pay 20 bucks and we can watch it as much as we want for 48 hours, I mean, that's worth it. Yeah. You can be at home and do whatever you want and watch the movie. I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I also think that there's, like, movie theaters nowadays, I mean, it's it seems to me like basically it's, it's like uh, – it, it, they're all like with Marvel and Star Wars and shit. Like movie movie theaters are like, it's like you're you're on like a ride. There's yeah. like fan participation, or you're like watching sports in a sports bar or something where like people yeah. are screaming and yelling, and you're like, what the fuck is this? You know. But like, I know that's why I haven't really been going to see a whole lot of movies in the theaters, and I've just been like, like there were uh, like a lot of really really good movies that came out last year, mm. and. And I'm I've been relegated to just being like I'm just gonna wait until these come out so I can watch them uh so I can watch them at home because then I don't have to worry about all the like bullshit that comes with going to see a movie in a theater. But you still like a movie like 1917 is like you definitely you just like because it's a it's such a classic. Yeah. style movie that you're yeah. kind of like, yeah, like this is really something I should have seen in the theater. It's Parasite is kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, but like like Parasite, it's more of like, yeah, this would have been better to watch it at home because, yeah. you know, it's like it, 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 the Parasite was really good, but it was also, you know, it's like the foreign movies and it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, I don't really feel like you're getting anything different out of watching it at home as opposed to watching it in the theater. But, like, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917, like, those two movies are absolutely movies that uh, you should see in a theater just to get the experience of, like, watching the movie. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in one of those, movie, in one of those theaters where they bring you food and... and- Alcohol, yeah, and uh, we and it, it was. I thought it was number one. I thought the movie was awesome, but I thought it was fun to see it in that setting too, because you know it's not really a movie that you have to pay attention to every single detail per se, but it's a movie that you can just enjoy. And Tarantino's movies are very theater friendly and it's very like experience friendly but you also like you said you didn't have a bunch of people fucking hooping and hollering and shit um, yeah it, like, it, at a, like at the like Avengers a, or something like that yeah, yeah. You, you don't have a bunch of 50 year olds in like Spider-Man t-shirts with their belly buttons hanging out <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah and, and, and you know it, it's just like you know some you, moron like swinging his lightsaber around like hey man, look at me mommy we can do whatever we want in here like, like, God, just go, go fucking throw yourself in a dumpster. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Oh, I, I, that reminded me. The Rise of Skywalker, at the end, she buries the lightsabers, and then she has her own lightsaber that's like tangerine colored. Oh, God, that thought, movie's a dumpster. That wait, movie's wait, wait, wait. A, a fucking dumpster. I thought, I thought that, like, those kyber crystals... I can't believe I even know the name of those things, but I thought they were like super fucking rare. Like you can't make a, you can't just get them anywhere. And she's just like, she's like, I've got a lightsaber now. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. fuck me, man. And they Why not just, like, just tack on like a bunch of other crap too? Like, whatever. 
Why don't I just make it? I don't care. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't care. I you just just don't just forget this. Delete <laughs> that trilogy from my memory. What you know? What they need, they need like an Ewok trilogy. Where it's just yeah. three, three Ewoks just like eating those fucking uh, little crackers walking around. What the? What yeah. The? Actually, Ewoks and the Jawas. I'd be cool with some Jawas. I like. I do like that one Ewok song where he's like, do da do da la da 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 da. You know what I said? Well, I, they there was a point in uh, Rise of Skywalker where they go and they're on some fucking planet and they go into a bar. And I said, you know, all these shitty Star Wars planets have like a thriving nightlife and like a bustling like local music scene. You know, ever yeah. since, ever since uh, A New Hope, where they go to Mos Eisley to the cantina, every movie has to have a cantina. Every single Star Wars movie has to have a cantina with some music playing and, and a couple of aliens sitting around drinking blue milk. And it's like, jeez, man, why? So, well. Uh, well, the, I guess I guess if there was any uh, lessons to take away from this podcast, it's that Star Wars podcast. fucking sucks, and 1917 is awesome. So is actual awesome. war is good, <laughs> and fake science fiction wars are terrible. You know, actually, I was thinking about it. That's why I think Rogue One is so good, in my opinion, is because it shows actual war. Because there's been actual war going on in all these Star Wars movies, but you don't ever get to see that. And then you finally get to see, you know, real people trying to actually accomplish something. Yeah. One, you know, and these other movies, you don't know, because I can, you know, in Sky, in Rise of Skywalker, like all these ships are getting fucking evaporated. And yeah. And and Oscar Isaac keeps saying, "No one's coming. There's no help. No one's coming. There's no help." You know, and it's like, okay, we get it. Somebody's gonna show up. We get it. When Lando shows up with his Colt forty five, like a, like a yeah. fucking bajillion ships, and they do absolutely nothing. There was another funny part. Hey, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember when Kylo Ren pops up like a prairie dog when they show the uh, the X wing parked outside when Ray is in there dealing with the Emperor? It, uh, it, it it cuts to. I don't know if I remember that part. So so you know. I do remember that one guy being like, "I was the spy," and it was like, "Oh good, this fucking movie smoked. just this movie just like fingered the audience like, God, like I was the spy the whole time, and it's like that's how you reveal who the spy is by him just saying it was me. It like was, it was me, Austin. It was it, it was me all along. <laughs> God, I, I did it for the that rock. movie. Is a is a trash can. <laughs> well, let's let's close this out. Let's close this out with with something positive. Let's close. This yeah. out. Let's close this out by saying that next week we'll talk about um, Parasite. How about that? Okay, we'll talk about Parasite, and, and, and then and, and, the and then I'll pick, and then I'll pick, I'll pick a movie that we can watch. But and maybe boy. maybe I'll maybe yeah we could talk about Butt Boy. You'd have I, to see it. I gotta find Butt Boy. Uh, I gotta find it. You can find it. It's on Amazon. Oh okay. You 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 can watch it. That's how I saw it. I that's rented it on Amazon. Okay. That's what so. I'm all right. So all right. So we'll talk about Parasite and <sighs> Butt Boy. That's that that could be like a good um a good like setup for how we uh move forward with this where. We watch a, we review a good movie and we, we review a bad movie. Well, at a parasite. Like it could be like a, a, which one's good, which one's bad. But 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 boy is actually not a bad movie. <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous, but it's not a bad movie. Look, it, it, I mean the irony in that is that we're like, hey, a good movie, bad movie. The bad movie is the best Oscar, is the best picture winner. The good movie is a guy who kills people by putting him up his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay, so those so those are the two movies we're gonna watch: Butt Boy and Parasite next but, week. Butt Boy and Parasite is our homework for next week. Also, we're gonna put Knives Out on the list. Oh yes, Knives Out, <clears throat> and then also another one that I've kind of been that I haven't watched yet, but I've kind of been meaning to watch is this horror movie called um, The Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. Oh God. 
Nicholas Cage. Hey, I would uh, Nicholas. Uh, or, okay. or even maybe the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Well, maybe we should. Maybe we should watch all the movies that um, <laughs> were uh, were uh, for best nominated for best picture. Yeah. So we'll, we'll work do, our way through that. We could do Parasite and Lighthouse next week if you want. That'll be a good weird episode. I kind of like I I kind of like uh, doing Parasite and Butt Boy. Okay, we'll do Parasite and Butt Boy. We can do that. Okay, I I really want to know what you think about Butt Boy. <laughs> I'm really I'm really I'm interested sure. to know. I'm what sure you think I'm, about I'm butt sure boy. that keeps you up at yeah. night. Whatever, what my opinion of Butt Boy. Yeah, I tell you, I I, th- I, th- I tell you about the trailer, man. The trailer looks like this like fucking gritty crime noir movie, you know, which is really yeah. crazy. Given the premise is fucking crazy, but yeah. yeah. So, well, we'll we'll talk about <clears throat> it next week. We will talk about it next week. Mm-hmm.